We all need a shot of encouragement to keep us going. A new beginning with Greg Laurie is sure to help in your journey of faith. Hear it twice daily. Details at vision.org.au. The story. So Dad was in jail for nine, ten months, which is, you know, having to go to prison every week and go through all that rigmarole, it's a big thing. And it does bring, you know, going from, you know, a double parent home to a single parent home and, you know, mum was left to work full time and, yeah, it was, it, it was a difficult time for us. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, when Wesley Leake was growing up in Queensland, his parents' business went bankrupt and his father ended up going to jail. Understandably, this had a huge impact on his life and years later, he's had to come to grips with the feelings of unforgiveness he has had towards his father, who he blamed for his mother's death. Today, Wesley joins us on the phone from his home in Brisbane to share his story and to tell us how he eventually was set free from unforgiveness. Wesley's chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Wesley Leake, welcome to the program. Thanks, Eric. It's so great to be with you today. Glad to have you with us, and we want to find out your journey to forgiveness, but let's go back and find out what were the events that led up to your parents' business going bankrupt? You know, we grew up in a Christian home. Mum and Dad both had grown up in Christian homes, and uh, Dad had been in business, a debt collection business, actually, and um, soon after they were married, they moved up from Victoria to Queensland, Mm -hmm. like all good people do. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) and, um, when they got up here, Dad and Mum uh, decided to set up their own business, which was going very well. And Dad was actually on an expansion program, but he just took on too much. Uh, he had opportunity to buy a couple of other businesses, but he grew too much. And as Dad told me, it was the difference between profit and cash flow, and the cash flow just wasn't there to sustain what they were doing. Um, yeah, so in the end, that caused the business to go down, which was not the best. And and particularly, like, one of the things that uh, I struggled with at the time, so I was about nine at the time, ten, and um, had just given my life to the Lord at that Mm -hmm. time. But what I couldn't come to grips with was here we were supposed to be strong Christians, yet all this stuff was going wrong in our lives. And and coming to grips with that, I found very hard. Oh, yeah, I mean... Your parents are obviously your caregivers, the ones you look up to, and they're supposed to be doing this Christian thing right, <laughs> and now they're having problems. Yeah, that's right. You know, and sometimes I think that when we're Christian, like everything goes plain sailing, but yeah. it just doesn't. Hmm. Um, but it's how to cope with those things. But beyond, you know, having problems, I mean, he went to jail. I mean, he did something wrong. Yeah, he did, because he... Like the, the cash flow was tied in business and because business had a trust fund, uh, you know, taking care of other people's money, mm. the dad dipped into that money to help the cash flow of the business, which is wrong yeah. to doing that. It is stealing. And so after the business closed down and they they did go bankrupt and we lost everything, one of the things, and you do respect dad for doing this, is dad and mum went into corporate affairs and confessed to what had happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, Dad was charged, and then over because it takes a long time between being charged and court cases and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It took yeah. about three years then for him to go before he went to jail. Okay, I'm interested to know what's going on inside your little heart at this time. I mean, the shame. I don't know what what was happening for you. 
Uh, there was a couple of things. One, I didn't tell my friends what was going on or what was happening. Okay. So it wasn't um, common knowledge. Look, obviously it was knowledge within our church community, but, you know, friends at school and stuff like that, I wouldn't tell mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, and actually, I can remember lying about it uh, mm. as well at the time, um, which was, yeah, it was interesting for me uh, to go through that because you're, you are in conflict. You know, one thing you don't want people to know uh, what's going on because there is shame and guilt. Yeah, yeah. You know, in that, you know, here we are supposed to, be uh, showing examples of Christ, and yet mm-hmm. this is what's happened. Yeah, and so you went from, at nine years old, shortly before all this happened, becoming a Christian, putting your faith in Christ, and following the example of your parents, who were involved in the church at that time? Yes. And then all of a sudden, this happens. What happened to yes. your faith life? Did it impact that? I think, for me, for a period from, say, when I was nine till when I was 13, it was like, where all this kind of turmoil stuff was going on, it was like, you know, where is God throughout Mm. all of this? Um, And I guess it was just, well, you know, I've made this decision, but let's see how it turns out type thing. Mm. And then, uh, you know, once Dad came home from jail and I guess family life returned to normal. How long was he in? So Dad was in jail for nine, ten months. Okay. Um, Which was, you know, having to go to prison every week and go through all that rigmarole, it's a big thing. Mm, yeah. Um, and it does bring, you know, going from, you know, a double parent home to a single parent home and, mm-hmm. you know, mum was left to work full time and, you know, we I guess we became latchkey kids too because, uh, you know, she was up early to go to work and so mm. we had to walk to school, come home from school, you know, and all that stuff. So it was just, yeah, it was it, it was a difficult time for us. But, you know, Dad came home, mm-hmm. they really established themselves financially, and we were able to uh, to buy another home and build our own home by the grace of God. So recovery took place. You know, it was a lot of work. And Yeah, I, um, I just wanted to emphasize, your parents lost everything financially. Uh, they did, yeah. Yeah, we had to give up our home, and, mm-hmm. um, and both Mum and Dad worked in the business, so, you know, all the income went, so... Mum had to go get a job, which is how we survived financially during that time. Yeah. Um, Dad, you know, because of all court cases on that stuff, he did was able to get work, but of course lost all that. Yeah, so in addition to the shame that went along with all that, on a practical matter, there was no income for a while there. So you went from being yeah. kind of well-off to not well-off at all. Yeah, that's right. And... Um, Watching the shame and, like, Dad lost his self-confidence and things mm. to that as well. Because, yeah. I mean, that's a lot to carry. Oh, yeah. It's a lot to carry. And, you know, I look back at some of, you know, what we know now in terms of counseling and how kids take care of things and how families interact. You know, I, none of that stuff was around back then. Mm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, a lot of stuff was just swept on the carpet. You just didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he eventually left jail came back and was able to kind of get himself back on a firmer foundation financially? That's right. So mum and dad worked very hard during that time. Uh, you know, often, I mean, dad had multiple number of jobs, uh, you know, sometimes up to five different jobs. At the oh, wow. he, he was a worker. He yeah. worked very hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mum's job was very good, so so that helped us. But, you know, there was, there was still a lot to recover from. Yeah, some people might say, okay, well, uh, it was a mistake, but now he's got the income back. Everything is all fine. Yes, yes. But you still, sometimes you still got to deal with the emotional stuff that goes with that as well. Right. Yeah. So what was the emotional stuff? 
Well, I think for me, I felt like we were missing out on a lot. I felt like there was a lot of trauma and stuff to deal with around that. Mm-hmm. And, and I did have a lot of blame for dad. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I loved him <laughs> to that, I did, I did do that. And then soon after, you know, I think it was about five months or so after we got into our own home, mum was diagnosed with cancer and mm-hmm. died within five months. So that was like, you know, you just felt like, oh, we're back where yeah. we should be. Mm-hmm. And then like everything is ripped out from under you again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so for me, that was grade 12. So that mm-hmm. was a difficult, to, you know, you're trying to do your best to get into university and stuff like that. But all that did have an impact. I guess I blame dad in some in a lot of ways for that because I saw the stress and things that that put my mum there. And I wondered, you know, whether that... Um, I mean, there's. I mean, you don't know this yeah. whether that had caused some of the stress and the cancer to come, mm. and and I'm guessing there's probably no medical basis for that. But you know, in a young mind, you know, you don't necessarily think about those kinds yeah. of things. And I think the speed of Mum's death was, you know, quite. You know, recently we told she'd have about a year to live, and and she only lasted five months. So mm. that that wow. was an awkward thing to watch. Yeah, your mother go downhill so quickly. You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Wesley Leake from Brisbane, who's sharing with us about some of the challenges he faced while growing up. As we've been hearing, his father spent time in jail and later, his mother died of cancer. Next, Wesley will share about how he was finally set free from the feelings of unforgiveness he had towards his father. That's all coming up when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Wesley Leake from Brisbane about some of the challenges he faced while growing up. As we heard before the break, his parents' business went bankrupt and his father ended up going to jail. This had a huge impact on his life and years later, he had to come to grips with the feelings of unforgiveness he had towards his father. Now, here's more of Wesley sharing his story. The decision as to what to study uni was also based around the fact that I didn't want to go through the same things my parents did Mm -hmm. in financially so I studied accounting mm-hmm. um, yeah I mean I enjoyed it anyway and I studied it because um, I thought this would be great to know what not to do you know and to do things the right way mm-hmm. and so that went well yeah it did I did my accounting degree and then um, worked uh, in various places as an accountant and business manager for a number of years and now use that knowledge to help other people mm-hmm. In, in setting up and starting businesses and I now lecture at Torrens University in entrepreneurship as well. So all that early stuff has had a big impact on my life mm-hmm. and, and it's also you can tell things and even the business coaching I do, you can talk about there are consequences for our actions mm-hmm. and the need to get these things right as well. But there's also God's way of doing things as well and you know you look at the way the world perhaps does business with dishonesty mm. uh, and lack of integrity. And then there's a way that God wants you to run the business, um, which can be very different. 
So I guess you could use the cliche, God took the mess from your childhood and turned it into a message. And you're able to help other people as far as having good businesses and good accounting and all that. But yet still going on at that time was the unforgiveness toward your father in your heart. How was that manifesting itself in your life? Dad and I did have a good relationship, you know, up until, I mean, he passed away about oh, about 13 years ago now, but just there was times, I think, it, you, it would just come up, you know, and you just think, you know, this isn't right. What kicked it off was one day I got a phone call from a friend of mine, a business friend of mine, who said that he'd been diagnosed with depression, hmm. and I was one of the only people that he could talk to about it. And that, that really shocked me, because he, this guy was a networker, he had good relationships with other people. But the fact that he felt I was the only one to talk to, yeah, that really struck me. Hmm. And at the time, um, I was just praying about it. I said, God, what do I do? And I ended up, about three weeks after that, I did a two-week course on helping people with stress, anxiety, and depression. And it was actually through that process that it highlighted some things in my life that I needed Hmm. to get right. And, you know, isn't that so often the case when you go to help other people, you realize, oh, hang on a minute, there's some <laughs> stuff in me that needs to be sorted out here. Yeah. And um, so, so there was two things that I had to deal with. One was a feeling that I was always missing out on things. And I took that back to, you know, some of the things as a kid. You know, you looked at what our other friends and things had and what we had. And you, you really say, how come I don't have what they have? Mm. You know, and this thing of missing out, which I've learned that to overcome that is thankfulness, is being thankful for what mm-hmm. you do have. Mm-hmm. And often when, you know, dealing with people who are in a financial stressful situation, there's a lot of focus on the debt and a lot of focus on what they don't have rather than a focus on what they do have. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that that thankfulness leads to joy, which creates love and overcomes fear. And so that was a huge learning for me. And then the other the other thing that struck me during that time was was the issue of unforgiveness. And and often I think I'd find that some you know others would tick me off. Mm-hmm. And you think why why is that the case? And then. Um, then I learn about this forgiveness tool that often some of the things that we're dealing with in our life now relate back to some stuff that happened in our earlier life mm. and that we need to deal with that first. Are you saying that like some things in your current life or at the time were triggering reactions that you didn't really understand why you were having such a reaction? Is that the kind of thing? Yeah, that's right. And mm. then so when I sat down and, and worked through this forgiveness tool thing, I realized that I was harboring a lot of unforgiveness towards my dad mm-hmm. uh, and so worked through that and, and had to make a choice to forgive. And we heard on the introduction that you were eventually set free. Was it that simple? Just forgive dad and you're free? This is interesting because I was talking to someone about this the other day. You mm-hmm. know, that when we forgive, we actually judge the person and we say, yes, that's happened and the result of your actions had a huge impact in my life Mm -hmm. but I'm still choosing to forgive you for that and just to release that and it is an amazing freeing process Mm, so I did that a number of years ago but I'm learning more and more now that 
you know, Jesus on the cross said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And how many times do we do things to others that we don't know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> that we've done those yeah. things. Yeah. And, but, you know, the other thing that I'm struck with too, he says, you know, when you come to the altar and if somebody has something against you, leave your gift there and go sort it out. Then come back and give the gift. So I guess it's just highlighted to me that the relationship issues are so key that if you don't spend the time to deal with them and get them right, it really can stuff you up. Mm, And I see this even in business because business is all about relationship. Yeah. And to have, you know, often we look at the greatest marketing strategy or the greatest idea or that kind of stuff. But it comes down to people do business with another person. And they do business with those they know, they like, and they trust. And so it's very key to have those relationships right. So even in business to deal with unforgiveness. And I've seen so many people rip off other people or mm. do things. Yeah. Um, now, what, so if I understand it. what you're saying is if you're obnoxious, people don't like to do business with you. <laughs> is that kind of a way of summing well, up something? You know, sometimes that is, that is true. Um <laughs> You know, sometimes you have to do business with that person because they may be the only one that provides a good or, or service. Mm. But but down your heart, you don't want to do business with those. Yeah. Yeah, so don't be obnoxious would be uh, one thing to um, learn not to do. Now, getting back to when you actually did forgive your father, uh, it sounds like one thing that helps in forgiving your father or forgiving anyone for that matter is realizing, hey, I'm not perfect myself. I've made mistakes <laughs> and people have shown me grace. Maybe I should show others grace. And it's the grace that God has shown me. Amen. Yeah. He died for me. Mm-hmm. You know, you take some time to think about that and ponder that. It's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. How much has God done for us? And he has forgiven us so much. And he talks about, you know, freely, you've been given freely give, you know, and it's like, how can I hold on? this unforgiveness when I have been forgiven so much. Mm -hmm. And that helps in forgiving others and being set free. That's right, exactly. And now, because you are free, you are free to help others. Please share with us a little bit more about how you are helping others, both business-wise and spiritually. Yeah. Last night I had had the privilege of helping to lead a... um, there's a group up here called Monday Night Praise and Worship Team, and I was just leading the the intercession part of that last night and praying for different people. And you just listening to their stories and praying with them because you can come from a place of empathy and understanding. Mm-hmm. And also understanding, you know, that God knows the answer to your situation. And to talk to Him about it, so you know, this, this is one of the things that I love teaching and training on too is that no matter what you're going through, God knows the answer to that. And mm-hmm. we just need to take the time to ask Him. And about hearing the voice of God in business is so key. And hearing the voice of God in life is so key. Mm-hmm. And a, a couple of years ago, we came across a book called Two Chairs by a guy called Bob Dean, which talks about just taking time, he say, to ask God what's on His heart for you today, which is just amazing, you know, um, when you go into situations to say, okay, God, what do you want to show me about this situation? And that's really led me to learning to ask God questions. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, sometimes we don't get an answer to those. Well, maybe you're asking the wrong question. And mm. I could just even um, last night as I was actually during the days preparing, I felt God wanted to provide people with cars last night. And I thought, that's a strange thing, God. Mm. And during, yeah. during this, you know, and actually afterwards I had a couple of people come up to me and said, you know what, I was just talking to God today about the need to buy a car. But I didn't mm. know what to do. And I was actually blaming him about it. And I said, well, <laughs> Let's just sit down and ask God uh, about this and what he wants to say and just pray with him about it. And sometimes it comes down to, you know, it is the basic needs that God Mm. is interested in every part of our life. And sometimes we don't feel like we can actually go to him and ask him questions about the things that are going on, about your feelings, and be honest with him and say, God, I'm hating this person right now. Hmm. (laughs) I I know that's not what you want me to do. Yeah. But, you know, show me my attitude in this. Show me how to change. Is there yeah. an action I need to do? Or or even one of the key things I've learned is, God, help me to think differently about this situation. Mm-hmm. What is a different way of thinking about it? It's amazing how he drops a, um, drops a different perspective in your mind or you're reading something or you're watching something or someone says something to you and you realize, oh, I was wrong in that. Mm. <laughs> and, and you need to be big about going and making it right. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, uh, you know, I'm married now with four kids that are growing up. And, uh, you know, just getting those relationships right is so, so key. Mm. Because I think in the end, what are we going to take to heaven? Yeah. Um, we're not taking not taking our money. We're not taking our house or a car. No material possessions are going with us. No, but it's the people. Mm. And, and I do wonder sometimes, you know, when we get to heaven, we'll be rejoicing with those that are there. But what about those that are not? Mm. And we would be remiss if we didn't mention that you eventually became the founder of your own ministry called Business Blessings. Yes. How did that come about? Well, it came about because um, for five years I had the privilege of leading a ministry which was then called Crown Financial Ministries mm-hmm. about teaching people how to manage their own personal finances, which is now called Compass here in Australia. And uh, mm-hmm. during that time, we ran a, a seminar called Business by the Book, which I found one of the hardest things to run because we I mean, actually now it's becoming almost the thing to have a kingdom, what they call a kingdom business. Uh, but back then in the early 2000s, that was kind of a new concept. And, and when I left there, God said, you need to go help and support people in business. And I said, God, don't be crazy. That was one of the hardest things I had to do in the last five years. Mm. But but it's really taken me on a journey and of getting alongside them, you know, using the practical skills and knowledge, but also helping them to say, hey, this is what the Word of God says about running your business God's way. And to stop and ask God and listen to the voice of God in business, but also to be Hmm. one of the key things I've found too is often the owner's headspace affects the running of the business how their marriages affects the running of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to to be there to encourage them, to support them, to pray for them, to discern with them what's going on uh, as well, and uh, and how to how to lead the business the way that God is calling them to lead mm-hmm. according to their specific calling. Yeah, yeah. Well, Wes, it sounds like God has taken you on a journey. It wasn't an easy journey, and it had several valleys but it has 
at the end of the day, uniquely qualified you to do what you're doing and helping other people in a business ministry. Yeah, that's so right, Eric. And and I think sometimes we need to look at our lives and we realize that everything that God takes you on is He's growing you and developing you Mm -hmm. and He's teaching you as you go. question is, are we learning those lessons <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and applying yeah. them? You know, because sometimes we miss it uh, too, and he takes us back around and says, yeah. hey, you know what I was trying to teach you two years ago? It's time to actually learn that now. Yeah, otherwise <laughs> you're going to have to learn that lesson again. <laughs> I know, that's right. Exactly. He's doing that too. Thank you so much, Wesley Leake, for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Eric. I really appreciate it. Our guest today has been Wesley Leake the founder and CEO of Business Blessings, a ministry dedicated to helping people run their business God's way. Also, Wesley is the author of the book Help, I Can't Forgive That Person, about his journey to forgiving his father. And it also contains some practical tips on how to forgive. To find out more about Wesley's ministry and his book, the website is businessblessings.com.au. That's businessblessings.com.au. Finally, I think it was great how Wesley has dedicated himself to helping make sure other people don't end up going through the same challenges in business that his parents went through. Hence, he has started Business Blessings to provide Christian support and guidance to business people. Jesus says in the Bible, freely you have received, so freely give. And that is essentially what Wesley is doing. Well, thanks for joining us for Wesley League's story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. David actually makes pretty good geocaching caches. And one of these was hidden inside a tree trunk deep inside. And it had a cable tie attached to it. And so I contacted him and told him that I really liked that idea. And that was how we started was because of cable ties and admiring the construction of the geocache. Geocaching is a modern-day hobby of hide-and-seek where participants use a GPS to find hidden treasures, otherwise known as caches. Maria Go is a devoted geocacher and uses her hobby in creative ways to share her faith. We'll find out how next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.